0: Here we are uh, for the past couple weeks, and we've heard already through the sermon series on Colossians how Jesus Christ is absolutely central to the Christian life. It is only because of Christ's death and resurrection that humanity and God have been reconciled back to one another. And because of that, our lives can be filled with joy and with hope. And with freedom. And so that is the foundation upon which we stand. Paul then from there begins to address some of the challenges that the Colossians were facing. uh, Especially false teachers and false teachings of that time. And so today's passage comes from the second chapter beginning in verse 6. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord... Continue to live your lives in Him, rooted and built up in Him, established in the in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. See to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the universe, and not according to Christ. For in Him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. And you have come to fullness in him who is the head of every ruler and authority in him. Also, you were circumcised with a spiritual circumcision by putting off the body of the flesh in the circumcision of Christ. When you were buried with him in baptism, you were raised with him through faith in the power of God who raised him from the dead. And when you were dead in trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive together with him, for he forgives all of our trespasses, erasing the record that stood against us and its legal demands. He set this aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and made a public example of them, triumphing over them in it. The word of the Lord. So, Paul begins by mixing metaphors. He starts saying, The soil has been tilled, prepared for planting. Now's the time to plant. And then he goes on, He says, The foundation has been laid. Now's the time for construction. Now's the time to live out what you have learned, to practice what you have come to believe is true. So, when Paul exhorts, the Colossians to continue to live their lives in Jesus, the word live is the same word as walk. It's the same word he used when he encouraged them to live worthy lives in the Lord. Walk in the way of Jesus in every aspect of your life. And Paul has heard of the challenges that they are facing How the gospel has been twisted, how it has been distorted, how people are adding things to it, how people are watering things down. And so some had been led astray. Some had put their roots down in something that was other than Jesus Christ, other than what was true. So from the time of those very first Christians and those early Christian communities until this very present day, This has been a true challenge for Christians, being able to discern what is true and then to put our roots down in that truth and to allow ourselves not to be misled. So this morning, I don't want to spend too much time uh, getting into the weeds about all it was that the Colossians were dealing with. But these verses do indicate that there was some form of legalism and different philosophies. And there was this temptation to place their faith in other things like angels. And so these types of things had snuck in. But today I want us to focus on the challenges that we have today. What is true, what isn't true? And I'm not gonna stand up here and to say, this is what is true. But here's what I'm gonna do instead. I'm gonna share with you a couple of ways that you yourself can help to discern what is true and what is not. So one of the first things that we can do to help recognize if something is true or if something is not true is to ask ourselves, has it stood up to the test of time? Acupuncture is basically sticking needles in people's bodies and somehow, some way, you get healed. There's a therapeutic benefit to what that is there has got to be something behind the practice of acupuncture that works that there's something to it I would think that if it did not work people a long time ago would have said you know this stick and needles things in me uh, let's not do that anymore And yet it's been around for over 2000 years, whether it started in India or China, there's got to be something to the practice of acupuncture or it would have faded away a long time ago. Same is true with the Psalms that we just heard. Composed over 3000 years ago, there's something about what is within them that continues to resonate and we'll hear that on Saturday night it is these words that articulate the human condition, the human experience and with it, our relationship with God. And so we hear pain and suffering and lament and we hear joy and praise and rejoicing and through whatever it is that we are going through to be able to say, I'm going to place my faith I'm going to place my trust in God. Every expression known to man is found in the Psalms. And they still ring true many, many years later. How about this letter that we've been studying together? Does Paul's description of Jesus Christ still ring true today? His claims about who Jesus is, bold claims. How about today's challenge of trying to discern what is true and what is not true? Is that challenge still going on today, 2,000 year, years later? I sure think so. And so there's something in this Bible, whether it's the Old Testament or the New Testament, that continues to guide us, that continues to to point us towards what is true in a way that is beneficial to our lives. What's another way that we can discern what is true and what's not true? What can we truly sink our roots into? And what should we avoid? Here's the second one. How does it handle pressure? How does it stand up under the weight of hardship? Paul is saying that when we are deeply rooted in Christ, times of adversity will come our way. It's not a matter of when, it's a matter of if. And when those times come, we should rejoice. Remember, Paul's writing this letter from a Roman jail. He won't get out of it. When storms come, we need to know who God is. That's why Paul begins the letter as he does. We also need to know, once we know who God is, that God isn't someone that punishes us for something that we've done or something that we haven't done. No, in the midst of those tough times, God is with us. And God uses those storms for good. And so we can be confident that because of God, we will be able to withstand those storms. We will persevere. And our root structure, the ground below us, will stand firm. And through it all, we can actually be strengthened through times of adversity. So many of us remember Hurricane Sandy. I remember the days that led up to it and how we were heading out to a family uh, wedding in Florida. And as we were driving to the airport, it was spectacular. The leaves were just the vibrant of fall colors. And yet a few days later, here comes along Hurricane Sandy. And it devastated much of New Jersey and much of the tri-state area. And so I remember coming back several days later after, these giant trees were laying on the side, it was only after the hurricane that we could tell which trees were healthy and which weren't, which ones had deep root structures and which ones didn't, which ones were planted in good soil and which ones were not. The good weather and the sunny skies couldn't reveal that, but that hurricane sure did. As much as we want to avoid pain and suffering, it can actually be useful. For often the truth is revealed. Often the truth is exposed during those hard times. Sometimes adversity roots, uproots us. It exposes our lack of faith, or exposes that we've been placing our faith in the wrong thing. And so the typical response to adversity, to harm times, is sometimes we uproot. Sometimes we take off for greener pastures. And when we live like that, it exposes what we have chosen to put our roots down. Sometimes we put our roots down in convenience, in safety, in security, In making sure that what we believe to be true doesn't get challenged. Don't challenge our beliefs or what we think is right. And sometimes the right thing to do then in adversity is not to take off for greener pastures, but to stay right where you are. And then there are other times where you've put your roots down. And those storms come into your life and it reveals that certain things won't hold certain things are not true and they aren't holding up under the weight of suffering of hardship and so there are other times where adversity reveals to us we do need to move on we do need to make changes in our lives So as we live our lives, let me come back to this passage that says live or walk in Christ. Sometimes hardship reveals that we've wandered off, that we've gotten lost. And so if Paul's going to mix up his metaphors, so am I. I used to backpack a lot. And sometimes when I couldn't find someone to go with me on a trip, I just go by myself sometimes for two or three days at a time. And I remember going to Northern California and I didn't see anyone for two or three days. But back up to that first day, and on that first day, I had a long hike. I had found where I wanted to set up my campsite for the night, I'd had a nice dinner, and then I was going to hang my food. So the bears couldn't get to it. And so I kept trying and every branch would break. You know, and there wasn't a branch that would hold up. And so I kept going and going. And then I turned around uh, to go back to my campsite and I couldn't find it. Uh, I was by this river. I had two large mountains on either side I was in this large redwood forest, just trees as high as you can see. And there was no moon. And so before you knew it, it was pitch black. And I hadn't set up my tent. I still had the food. I still hadn't hung the food yet. And I felt it getting colder and colder and colder. And so I started trying to find that campsite And I couldn't find it. And then I started getting disoriented. And I started to to panic. Uh, My heartbeat just really started to start pounding through my chest. And so here's what I did. I decided to just start coming back to the river of where I was earlier in the day when it was light. And so thankfully, I found where I had drawn my water. And I could tell that's where I was. And so from that spot, I then walked up to where I thought the campsite was. And I still couldn't find it. And so from that spot, here's what I did. I took 15 steps, and I went in this direction. I didn't find my campsite. And then I went straight back to where I started. And then I went 15 steps to my right, Still couldn't find it, came back. 15 steps to my left, still couldn't find it, came back. 30 steps to my right in front of me. I found it. I was so relieved. I was so glad to find my campsite and to know that I wasn't going to have a cold, lonely night in that wilderness. I share that story with you. Because there are times in our lives individually, times when we as a church, times with us as a nation, where we recognize we've wandered off, we have gotten lost, we've put our roots down on something that isn't true, that isn't accurate, and is not a reflection of who Jesus Christ is calling us to be. And in those moments, we need to come back to where we started. To remember the things that last the test of time. To remember the things that have been able to withstand the adversity and the hardship that we've experienced. And then we start again. And in that place, we begin to put our roots down on what is real on what is true and what is right. Amen.